The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Quick work for 810 Miller. It's a knockout in the first minute. I want to end my career like I started my career, and that's fighting as often as I can. Jim 810 Miller. Five in a row for the budding flyweight contender, Macy Barber. It feels like I just warned the whole 125 pound division that I'm back. Macy, the future. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. Listen to me, we're out of here. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Um, I hate my new camera. I, I'm I'm struggling with it. Matt is away. Phoenix, thank you for joining us or joining me. Of course, this is a good fight to come. This is a good fight card to come and talk about. So it is, but I'm I'm trying to adjust my stupid camera, and I and what I look like you're in outer space, like you I know an astronaut trying to talk to us on Earth. I, I'm doing a terrible. What an ass! What am I doing wrong? All right, you know what? I forget the new camera. I I, I, I'll, what's that? I don't think it's that bad. No, you know what the problem is? It's uh, I have it adjusted wrong, and it was kind of like showing the whole room. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's whatever yeah. I get when I try to do something fancy. I, I blow it. So anyway, back to the old FaceTime camera. You want to see your like dirty, you know, underwear in the background, right? No, no, no. And it's usually hanging from stuff like my lamps. So my dirty underwear is very easy to see, but I'm, I'm happy that you're here and you, this is a great, a great, uh, fight card to talk about. We have Macy Barber coming in today, winner of the co-main and, uh, Jim Miller will be on shortly and, and just, I mean, can, you can never be oppressed enough with, with Jim Miller. Absolute legend. Absolute. Like he has one of my favorite highlight reels of all time because he's violent, but he's technically violent. Yeah. You, know, you watch it and it's not haphazard. He pulls off these amazing submissions. Uh, he sees blood in the water. Like we've seen a lot with the last fight card and then just really going for it. So I'm want to hear what he thought about this weekend's fight card too. I know. And, and you almost feel bad for, for Jesse Butler, the, the kid that came up. He had fought before. He had like 16 fights. But just to see somebody come up and get their first, I think it was his first UFC fight, yeah. and then they have to face just an animal like Jim Miller, who just, yeah. you know, oof. Yeah, 23 was seconds was the last uh, Jim Miller fight, right? And it was it was just a couple weeks ago. It was, it was very recently. Yeah, it was his last fight. 
Uh, and before that, he had lost a decision to Alex Hernandez. He hasn't been finished since 2019. So it's funny, like, as he's getting older, he's just getting more and more durable. Like he's just harder and harder. And you wonder, is that because he's a veteran and the smarter you get, the less traps you fall into and, and you just yeah. learn how to survive rounds that other guys might uh, fall in? Yes, I, I really think so. I think one of the um, fascinating things about what I've been able to do in my career is watching fights is I watch people before they get into the UFC. So I've worked for a lot right. of these theater leagues and you watch somebody's fight IQ and temperament absolutely change. So Jim Miller's experience and his just athleticism and the education you take into the ring, you don't waste as much energy as you used to one. Cause you right. don't have crazy adrenaline dumps because you, you know, you you're so used to being in there. That's and right. two, you, I think you just have more trained eyes. Like you're, you're used to looking for things, identifying things, picking up people's habits. You sparred with more bodies, you know? So if you, if your chin's still good and your brain's still good, you're still always dangerous, you know? Yeah, I'm always, and I, and I talk about that a lot on this show, how much I love to see. And again, this guy took the fight on short notice too. I believe Jeffy, Jesse stepped up very, like on very short notice. Yeah, like it was like a couple of days. Yeah, it was really fast. Uh, but I always love to see a guy like Jim or, or just a veteran fight the new guy and just watch how, what the veteran does. Because they don't, they don't have, obviously, you know, the youth is not on their side. So what do they use? to beat some young prospect. And um, I, I love these fights probably more than any other fights. I, I love them all. Uh, I just, somebody like Jim Miller is just someone you could really, really learn from and just understand the evolution of this sport in general. Like I think this weekend showed a lot of the evolution of this sport. When we talk about Taporia's fight, that was kind of an evolution in striking. There are fights yeah. that you watch that make people go back to the gym on Monday and say, what, what can I steal from what I just saw this weekend? And I think people will have like higher guards work on the, the evolution of striking and boxing for MMA. Cause we've always kind of criticized the difference. Um, so it's, it's cool. Just really kind of watching the evolution of the sport since we've been following it for so long. Right. I mean, when did you become like a big MMA person? Early two thousands. I mean, you know, like probably 15 years ago or so it was from interviewing fighters. Like, Joe came on uh, the radio show I was doing in like 2005 and he had Eddie Bravo with him and somebody else and, like some guy, I think just, just, I forget who he had. It's been 15 years, 16 years, but, uh, and then I would interview guys like Rampage and Liddell. I interviewed Fedor. Like I, I just, I get to interview all these interesting people on the radio and it's like, you can't not like these guys. They're all so humble and interesting and nice guys. So that, that made me want to watch them more and more. Yeah, that's true. I, I have a lot of friends that have nothing to do with MMA. They don't really care about MMA and they always make these assumptions about MMA fighters. And I'm like, man, that is so not true. Like I've been a female in this world and I have never felt really disrespected. I've, I've always had such a great time. I've been around these super nice people. You know, I mean, they have literally have nothing to prove. So for the most part, like MMA fighters are really nerdy too like like look look at me and matt and our comic book crap like you know what i mean yeah. like it's, it's it's a really it's a great great world and Anim anime they all have and a lot of those guys like anime and cartoons yeah. we jim miller's in the waiting room. let's bring in jim yeah. i would love to know if he, i've interviewed him before i don't remember if he had any nerd habits or not he just seems like a guy that like trains outdoors with like logs you know oh, jim yeah. miller just reminds me of a rustic fucking outdoorsy animal <laughs> let's bring him in yeah, yeah, bring him in, please. Hey, Jim, how are you? Hey, Jim. I'm good. How are you doing? 
Very up, good. I'm Phoenix. I, I don't, uh, we've never met before. I just want to introduce myself. How you doing? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Are you have any, we were just talking about how many of you guys have these odd things you like that you might not associate with a fighter. Like Matt is a big Star Wars guy. GSP is a big Star Wars guy. Do you, do you have any of that kind of like those nerdy things that you like to do? Uh, I mean, I, I guess like, uh, the, like making wine and brewing beer and stuff like that's probably pretty nerdy. <laughs> yeah. You like to make your own alcohol. I do. Yeah. Anything, uh, anything that I can share. So like food, uh, yeah. Beer, wine, all that stuff. Is it it's good fine. though? Oh, sorry, Phoenix. Is, is it tasty? I, my, my friend's father used to make wine and it was like drinking gasoline, mm -hmm. but it got you drunk. <laughs> uh i i've uh i've always enjoyed it and uh you know the people that i've shared it with have have uh maybe they're just being polite you know yeah. but uh they, they seem to have enjoyed it as well so okay now i picture you outside with shorts on like stepping on wine like lucille ball <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because i know that you're you're into cooking and mm. um and you were like oh when i retire i'll have the ufc give me like a cooking show this there you is go propose you and Alex Volkanovsky in a cook-off with Gordon Ramsay hosting it. And me, Matt, and Jim, and Dean are the judges. We can't tell who cooked it, and we have to figure out who wins. All so right. who do you think when you were Volkanovsky in the cooking department? Uh, you know, I've, I've, uh, I, I, I like him a lot. I do. And I love that he loves to cook. Um, I think I might be able to edge him out. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know. Does uh, he grow his own stuff like you do? Uh, I don't think he does. I don't yeah. think he does. Yeah. So you actually, you actually start from scratch. So at least we know your stuff Try. is, uh, you know, you, you put more time into it. But if I then again, if he was on the phone, I'd probably go and, oh, well, you know, at least you don't waste time growing it. So, you know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that is an interesting show because again, you, you're such a health oriented person. You know, what's going into your food. You know exactly what you're putting into your body when you, when you make it yourself. Exactly. You know, it uh, it's definitely become uh, a, a bigger part of our lifestyle uh, is trying to, um, you know, produce as much as we can um, just so that we know what's what's going into all the stuff that we eat, you know, like pretty much uh, uh, almost on a daily basis. I'm, I'm cooking things, you know, and my wife as well uh, from whole ingredients uh, to, to feed our family. So it's, um, there's definitely a time investment and that that can get uh pretty annoying you know during yeah. during uh fight you know fight camps and uh you know when the kids are busy with their their sports and, and activities and stuff like that uh it's it's not an easy thing to do but uh honestly uh i i feel like i've had a uh I've, I've gained a lot by by really focusing on um you know, feeding myself good food. And, and, and I think that my, my family's, uh, they're, they're reaping the benefits as well. And do you think that has a lot to do with your longevity in this sport now, just the nutrition aspect of it, being able to fight and have, you know, the most winnings and then like this most, this most record in the UFC. I mean, it's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy number. It's a crazy stat to have. It, it it really is. It really is. And it's, uh, it's, it's not one that I set out to, you know, to get right. Like, um, I mean, when I started fighting, uh, I, I told myself, ah, you know, this is a young man's sport. I'll, I'll, I'll hang him up when I'm 34 years old, something like that. Right. Um, 
and that that came and went. <laughs> so you know, here we are, and and you know, it's it there there been some some turns that I didn't expect to happen along the way, um, but uh, I really do believe that uh, eating as as healthy as I can, you know, and obviously I I I make mistakes. I uh, you know I partake in some fast food here and there. It's definitely not part of my my normal diet, but I I. I eat crummy food. Uh, I beer and, you know, beer and wine aren't great for you, uh, you know, and I, and I, and I do, I do partake occasionally. Um, I definitely drink a lot less than I used to, but uh, not that I really ever was like a heavy drinker, but uh, I'd usually have like one or two when I was cooking dinner. And, and nowadays it's uh, it's usually like coconut water and stuff like that for me. But um, yeah, I, I feel like the, uh, the, the diet and lifestyle aspects um, they have helped me get this far and, and have, you know, uh, made it cap or, uh, made it so that I'm, I'm capable of, uh, still competing, you know, at, uh, just about 40. But, but Jim, it's, it's interesting too. There's a, a lot of guys who as, as like, like Jared Kennedy, or I think he's 39 and he just like, like really, uh, impressively broke the middleweight record for significant mm -hmm. strikes. I think, he, I think he's set up by quite a few, uh, against yeah. Vittori, who's a little tank. I mean, he's not an easy opponent. So it just seems like so many guys are doing things smarter. And, and I don't know what it is because the young guys coming up are very dangerous. It's not like there's a, a bad crop of talent coming up. Do you think it's also all the knowledge about sports medicine and, and, and like, you know, Max uh, Holloway doesn't say he doesn't spar anymore. Like, are, are mm -hmm. there just things guys are learning about just keeping keeping yourselves healthier? I, I think uh, we are learning a lot of stuff. I think that uh, we are evolving as athletes um, and, you know, uh, Jared is, uh, he's a couple weight classes above me. And I, I firmly believe that speed, uh, is a bigger part of, you know, the lightweight division. And, and as you get smaller speed is such a, a, a big aspect of the fight. Um, and that's the one thing that you can't keep, right. We can get stronger. We can get better. We can, we can get more flexible. We can do all these things, uh, and, and improve as we age but we're always going to lose those reflexes. We're always going to lose that quickness. Um, but I do believe that we are like maturing as athletes and, and you're seeing that in that uh, fighters are, are making those good decisions. You know, this isn't UFC two anymore, you know, where it's a bunch of guys that were just fighting in the bar rooms. Uh, you know, we are, we are professional athletes and, and we take this very seriously. So um I, I do believe that there's a there's an active evolution going on. Evolution in terms of just being smarter about fighting or evolution in the sport itself. I mean, being that you've had this many fights, this many experiences, how have you seen the sport evolve in terms of technique? Um, I mean, there's always little things uh, technique wise that are that are uh, coming into the game. I mean, like we're we've seen this bigger influx of like leg locks and stuff like that uh you know and it's kind of went up and down right um and you've seen a uh like uh, a movement away from having an active guard where a lot of fighters are just focusing on getting up and stuff like that um but like the, i think that i think the the biggest part has been in that the training aspects of it you know and and um preparing yourself and caring for yourself like we are you know, elite athletes. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we don't have the, yeah, we don't have the tools behind us that like, uh, you know, uh, 
the professional football players have and, and, and baseball players where you've got this organization that is like solely, you know, focused on, on your winning and losing. Um, so it's a little more difficult, but I, I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like there are a lot more fighters out there that are, that are making those good decisions and, and training, uh, at least in a way that I, that I feel is the right way to do it as, as you're, as you're getting older and you know like i don't have a room full of absolute maniacs that i'm training with every day you know i've got a i got a tight-knit group that i can trust because as you get older it's like uh you know when i was when i was 26 years old there i had one or two bad days a year you know where i'd come into the gym and i just would feel off nowadays it's like you know, uh, there's a lot more, there's a lot, there's a lot more of those one days where it's like, eh, today might not be, you know, my hundred percent day. And I need to be surrounded by a group of guys that I can trust that, that, uh, are going to take care of me and, and, uh, aren't going to going to do things that are going to hurt me. And, uh, I think that, uh, uh, there are quite a few of my peers that are doing the same thing. Yeah. It's that whole when to drill and when to kill, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of figuring out the difference. I get that. And Jim, what would you say to a guy like uh, like Jesse Butler? I felt bad for him, uh, not because he lost, because everyone, but just by the, you, you know that he's a better fighter than that, and you caught him with beautiful shots, and you were very gracious afterwards, and he did just kind of step up on short notice, uh, mm -hmm. and then have to deal with you. I mean, it's just a nightmare. So, have you had an experience like that in in your fighting career that you know is probably very disheartening, and you're probably going to doubt yourself your first fight? You, what would you say to a guy like that, like to uh, moving forward? Uh, you know, moving forward, he's he's got his foot in the door, you know, um, uh, uh, barring something, uh, you know, kind of extraordinary circumstances. Right. He's going to get a second shot. And. I firmly believe that, like, you, you got to make it you got to make. Uh, the most of this opportunity, right, the, the yeah. you're backed by the UFC, you're in the UFC, you're a UFC fighter now. And even though he, you know, came out and he fought, you know, uh, the, the guy with mo the most fights on his on his first, you know, uh, appearance in the octagon, um, he's still a UFC fighter. So he should be leveraging that any way he can at this point to to try to set himself up for the future. You know, I mean, uh, however, however that is. Right. Um, so it, it, we can't change the past. All we can do is prepare for that next one. Um, you know, like, uh, I, I've always been pretty good at just getting past those, those crummy nights, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and even when, you know, earlier in my career, when I, uh, had two losses, right. It was still hard. You, you, it's still, it's still eight at you, but like, yeah. you can't, you can't go back in time. You can't change the way that fight happened. Uh, you can't change the circumstances that led up, you know, the, that you dealt with leading up to that fight. So all we can do is learn from it and move on and hopefully try to take it out on the next guy. Yes. Weird, right. Cause the sport, it, you can't avoid this, the young lion versus the older lion. Like it's, it's, it's almost impossible to avoid that. So for you, how do you navigate these last few fights in your career? I know that you're really trying to work up to UFC 300. What do you want? Do you want a legend versus legend? I mean, what's the ideal situation going forward that gets you to UFC 300? Um, you know, I think the to, to get me there at this point is, you know, I, I just have to stay healthy. Uh, I think I think we got it right. Like, uh, um, I'd like to get another one in by the end of the year, and then 
from what I understand, UFC 300 will probably be like April or May, something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's like another two fights. So um, I I believe that I've done enough at this point to, to get that opportunity to get on that card. Um, I don't know if it'll be, uh, you know, the end just right now. I, I kind of feel like I want 45 fights in the UFC, which is only another three. Um, yeah. you know, and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll see where things are at that point. But, um, I, I get nervous when I fight these young guys and it's, it's not easy. It's, it's really not easy. You know, like, uh, the, I mean, the fight with, with Jesse is like, he had nothing to lose and yeah, I came in and, and I, I, I landed a big shot in the opening seconds of the fight and that, and that's the way it goes. But like, that was a kid that was coming out with with absolutely nothing to hold back for so it was a, it was a dangerous fight for me um mm. i enjoy it like I, I i get i uh you know it gets me up in the morning when i'm fighting these guys but i also you know getting the opportunity to fight Cerrone again um you know a big one for me was like the the clay guida fight when i got to fight him a few years ago it was like that was a fight that could have happened for a decade and it just never happened and and uh you know, it was always one of those ones where I, I, I knew that Clay and I would match up one day um, and, uh, you know, finally got my chance. Um, so uh, this next one, who knows, um, I would like 300 to be against, you know, uh, a, another vet. Right. I, th- I think that that's a card where uh, I'd like to be on there and be and be fighting a, a guy that's that's been in the UFC for quite a bit. And, uh, you know, that's that's still hanging around. And, and uh, you know, we'll see who's available and who's healthy and all that stuff, um, you know, as we get a little closer. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, I just like the opportunities to fight. Honestly, that's uh, that really what it comes down to is just just being able to get out there and and uh, and put on a show. How good does it feel to uh, knowing that you might, however many fights you have left, but this one went so fast, you, you took no damage. That's got to be such a relief when you have a fight like that, that you know, like, hey, I did the camp, everything is good, took no damage in the fight. So you can probably turn around as fast as you need to. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, uh, I, I, I broke my thumb. <laughs> did you really? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. 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 First, uh, first, uh, like legitimate broken bone of my life. I had to, I had to wear the first cast that I've ever had to wear in my life. Uh, yeah. My, my, my doctor was putting the cast on. He's like, ah, ah, just another one of these. Right. And I was like, no, this is actually the first time I've ever had to wear a cast. So, uh, it's, I, you can see, I, I, I couldn't stand the cast. So, uh, <laughs> I've, got a little splint that i've been wearing but uh we're pretty much healed up so um yeah like uh barring that yeah like you said uh should be easy to turn around whenever i want to and and uh you know get back in there for another one did you know you had broken it when you threw the punch uh yeah i felt it yeah i felt it happen uh you know like i didn't know that it was broken necessarily i knew that i I had injured it um honestly when i got the x-rays uh they're like hey Hey, do you want to wait for the CD? And I was like, it's not broken. So, uh, you know, we're just going to move down the line. We'll go to a, go to an MRI or something like that. See if I, I uh, banged up the tendons or uh, ligaments or something like that. And uh, yeah, a couple of days later, they're like, no, it was broken. <laughs> so uh, it was a first for me. That's crazy. It's the first broken bone. And luckily it happened in a, in a fight that didn't last long. So you didn't have to do any further damage by continuing. It, I always hate to see somebody, you know, deep into the third and the fourth round when you can see that they're only throwing one hand because, you know, they have a broken hand or a broken wrist. 
So, uh, well, look, man, congratulations on that win. I mean, you're just such a fun guy to watch, and what a career you're having. It's not over yet. You have more fights to go. Um, and I can't wait to see you fight again. And just congratulations, Jim. I was really, really happy for you. Yeah, I think Thank there's like absolutely no doubt in everybody's mind that you're a Hall of Famer and you're going to be a Hall of Famer. And of like, course. it's just, I mean, how could they not, right? Like, we're just kind of waiting for that call. It, you know, it's, uh, it's been funny with the, the, the you know, DC and, and all that that stuff and getting tagged and all these things. It's like, it's not, it's not my conversation to have, honestly. Uh, you know, so, um, the, from what I see is I, I, I feel like I've got a decent amount of support for it. And, uh, you know, we'll see what, what ha happens when I'm done fighting. But, uh, like you said, I'm still competing and I, I don't believe that the athlete should ever be making that suggestion or have to do that. So, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and let everybody do the talking for me. As yeah. fans, we'll do it for you. And, and yeah. also 30 for 30 should call you because with all the wins that you've had with this number on your UFC record, like you should be on 30 for 30 with your brothers fighting. Like there's, just, mm. it's such a great story here. So, you know, I don't know. I don't have any clout with 30 for 30, but if <laughs> like you should, you should definitely be on one of those eventually. All right. I would definitely do it. <laughs> Jim, thank you, and uh, we'll talk to you again, man, and uh, always right. a pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right, pal. Take care. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Great Jim Miller. Wow, it's so nice. I love him. He's such a I didn't realize he broke his thumb. It's so funny. Like the 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 one of the fastest fights, and you you, you think unscathed, and it's the first broken bone. That's true. It's funny. He said something in the post-fight interview I thought was like so relatable and so funny. He was saying that it's probably gonna be like a broken toe or his toes that that caused him an issue because I don't know, Jim, like it there's an annoying martial arts things that happen for the people who train that are listening. We mess our feet up so often. Really? Like I have broken my toes or stubbed my toes and it's so freaking painful. You like stub your toe or you, you throw a kick and your freaking pinky toe hits somebody's elbow because they blocked it. And it's like worse than getting punched in the face. It, oh, yeah. have you ever stubbed your toe? It's like, yes. ah, it, so he was mentioning, is like, that's what's going to take me out. It's going to be like a broken toe. And then he wound up breaking his thumb, but uh, yeah, it's so relatable. Like I think everybody who's trained or shoots for a takedown knows the whole freaking toe pain. Yeah. I've, uh, I've hit my foot on an elbow 
uh, kicking pads, and I, I've, I've just caught an elbow with the bridge with the top of my foot. It's yeah. very, very uh, uncomfortable. But I haven't gotten. I've only been training for like a little over a month, but I haven't gotten hurt. Um, I didn't even know that. That's amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been going uh, like four or five times a week. Where? And, uh, uh, Henzo. Okay. Okay. Henzo, Henzo's here in the city, and uh, I'm using a gi, and I eventually want to go without a gi because if you somebody bothers you in the mall, then I can have a gi on. But it's just Matt always talks about the grips and what you learn yeah. from it, and it's very. Uh, it's so exhausting. Like oh, just yeah. having a heavy person or a body on top of you and then running through, uh, you know, uh, reversing somebody and, and these drills is fucking, and plus I'm old. So uh, it's very, very tiring, but I love but it. What's good for you is that it's going to teach you how to breathe. Yeah. When you panic breath, especially when someone's on top of you, you're creating more of that constriction. And the, I, that's what I had to learn because I'm asthmatic. And, um, it, it's, I like, okay, just calm your ass down. Yeah. Just, just play possum until you, <laughs> you get an opportunity to explode or get them off you. And, and just everything about it is uncomfortable. But I mean, that's like, you look at this Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk thing, right? Yes. These are people who have all the money in the world. They have all the comforts in the world and they want to fight. Why? Because it's that quote from Fight Club. Like, how much do you know about yourself if you've never been in a fight? If and you've never been like truly physically uncomfortable, there's things you don't know about yourself yet. And you learn them in fighting. And that's why I think these, these people want to do that. That's the only reason I can think why they want to do it. Well, there's also, you know, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he said that when Nicholson used to come into the uh, locker room after Laker games, all Jack wanted to talk about was basketball and all Kareem wanted to talk about was acting. <laughs> like it's always, it's, a lot of times it's what the other person is so good at that you're like, fuck, I would love to do that. And these guys have all the money in the world. They have all the power in the world, but they still would need somebody else to defend their girlfriend in a bar fight. Like, which is, you know, the ability to do what a fighter does there's nobody, no matter where, what station you're at in life, that doesn't envy that. That's such a base instinct-driven thing, the ability to kick somebody's ass if you have to. Yeah. Your money, Because Elon's money, their money means nothing. Nothing matters if you're in a one-on-one -on -one confrontation and there's no one there to help you. So maybe it's that thing. It taps into like, I, I want to learn to do this a little bit because it's the one thing they can't do at all. I 100% agree right? It's like something that teaches you about your spirit. Are you, are, do you curl up in a ball? Do you fight back? Do you have that like in you? I remember I, I was like jumped. I was like attacked as a kid, at, but like six girls and they tried to like good fellas stomp me. Like it was traumatic. And I, I just kept fighting back. Like, I mean, I was mangled to hell, but I learned about myself, like, oh, this type of person I am, like, I'm not going down without a fight. And I, and I, it, it is interesting to, to see that these two guys that literally have everything. I mean, I don't know it's how it's going to happen because difference in size, right? Like Zuckerberg's like what? Five, seven, five, eight. Yeah. And then Elon Musk is like six, one, the weight difference. So how do you age difference? Age difference. What's the age difference? I, I think 16 years. I, I could, I, I want to say, is it no 51 and uh, 39, uh, 12 years. I think if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, you think also, this actually happens, Jim? No, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe some kind of a charity thing, but yeah. if they do it, if they actually do it, it, the respect I would have for them would be because you're, you're really setting yourself up to be humiliated and because there, there is something humiliating about a guy kicking your ass in front of everybody. Totally. Like 
you're risk there's it, it's complete exposure so i would respect anybody who's willing to do that like training is training but i would never compete like i, I don't want to compete that's not why i do it i just do it to lose some weight and protect myself if i need to protect you know and, and i like doing it but i wouldn't want to compete like because again you set yourself up it's not the fear of getting hurt it's the fear of humiliation of being sure. embarrassed sure yeah and i always i think that embarrassment is always more of a fear than pain right like than the I, physical I don't know, pain. most people yeah and oh we got macy we have, we have our co-main event uh winner fought a tremendous fight i have a question about amanda hebas too maybe i'll ask uh, both of you and uh, we should we, we should uh, josh emmett lost the fight but who doesn't love it well you can bring macy in who doesn't love watching josh josh emmett's fight um i mean tapori is just a tank but great game plan but just a great game plan because josh yep. is extremely powerful but he does load his shots up so oh yeah you detect and he was going for power shots the whole time and uh, Taporia saw that and it was just it was an impressive display either way and I'm glad it was five rounds yeah because the fact that it was five rounds we couldn't say that it was just okay Emmett's mm -hmm. taking a lot of damage he's chinny now or um you know like it, it was just a big shot like you got to see five rounds of the, of this kid's skill set yep. which makes us talk about him and title potential so good fight overall and, and the and, and the credit to Josh Emmett too to be able to still be throwing bombs in the fifth round i mean and taking the damage he took uh ah there she is hello hi hi how are Isn't you crazy to see you right now um i haven't seen you since the lfa so it's oh so great to see you right now thank you you too you're great so, i know and i have to ask you this because so much talk is happening about you right now. I almost feel like we've been talking about you 15 UFC fights, but it seems like it just, it just elevated significantly. And everyone's talking about your evolution and they have their opinions on it. But I want to ask you, what's your opinion on your evolution as a fighter and how well you did Saturday night? Yeah. I mean, the evolution is just something that like is continuously happening. I mean, I've been working so hard for this. It's like, I don't want any one fight to be the same, you know? For me, it's so important to continue to evolve. And I and I love the fact that I get to show that not just on in the UFC, but on such giant platforms as ESPN, ABC. You know, it's it's an honor. How did, did the notice okay. like that your Twitter blow up or your Instagram blow up since the ABC uh you know being on that card? Uh a little bit. I think it's still just going. I think my YouTube channel is also, you know, really exploding right now. Um but yeah, I think I I think I gained like another thirty thousand maybe 40,000 followers overnight, um, which is pretty significant, you know? Um, so, yeah. Uh, we were just talking to Jim Miller. Uh, you hunt and fish as well? I do, yeah. I grew up outside hunting, fishing, yeah. <laughs> now, do you do that, like, because Jim likes to cook, like, for himself. Do you do that just because you enjoy the activity of it, or do you actually like to prepare your own food because then you know what's going into your body, or do you just kind of do it because you enjoy the sport? Oh, no, I enjoy it because I do like the food. You know, this whole entire camp, all I did was eat the elk that uh, we went out and got this past season. So um, it's it's really nice to know where your food is actually coming from and how it's fed and how it, you know, is like living in an environment. Uh, how damaged were you uh, towards the middle, towards the end of that first round? It looked like she landed a couple of good shots. And, and how hurt were you at any point? <laughs> She landed a couple good ones. I had some some little bruising on my face, yeah. but um, I mean, aside from that, I felt really good. You didn't feel like you were in any danger at any point. 
No. Where, now, where are you now? Where are you flying to now? It looks like you're, you're literally... Yeah, 16. I'm literally boarding. <laughs> you're boarding your flight. Are you, where are you going to? I'm boarding my flight. I'm headed to the First Form headquarters in St. Louis. So I'm going to be there shooting some content and just hanging out with the team for a day. And then I'm going to go back home to Sacramento. Uh, what type of content? Just, just for uh, social media or anything in particular? Um, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm just kind of heading there and going to let them take the reins. But I'm just excited to go out and spend time with um, the amazing team of people that they have. It's like a family over there. So I'm really excited to see everyone. And have they indicated to you at all who you might be fighting next? Or who do you really want next? Not yet. I mean, I mean I've been calling for Alexa Grasso, you know. But yep. um, she's got to fight with Valentina. So... We'll see. You know, I got to go and talk to Hunter and Mick and, and figure that out. It seems like that's like very much focused on your mind. Like, do you replay that Grasso fight over and over in your head? And, and what would you change? I change a lot and I already have changed a lot. You know, I've, I've changed so much and evolved so much since that fight. And um, I do, I really do want that one back and, and we'll see um, whether it's, you know, right after Valentina or um, after that, you know, it, it really just depends on how that fight goes. and. Um, also, you know, the timeline and in, in which things would happen. How good did it feel to get a stoppage too? after a few, I mean, decisions are great, they're wins, but didn't it feel good to go back to kind of getting a stoppage? Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's been since what, 2019 was my last finish. So it's been few, a few years and it feels so good. And the split decisions that you, uh, that you won, were you in a position where you're like, yeah, I see why that was a split decision. Or did you think like, what the hell are they thinking? This should have been uh, a unanimous decision. You know, it's not really my job to, to, to make an, uh, a decision on that. And that's their job. And I have to go out and do everything that I can. And obviously I didn't do enough to finish the fight. So I had to go out there and win. But um, aside from that, you know, it's, I'm not going to critique their decisions, but I, I do agree with the fact that they went my way. And it was nice. To a, go ahead, Jim. No, you go ahead. There's a killer instinct that certain fighters have. It's like the second you see that someone's hurt to know to go after it. Is mm -hmm. that something instinctual in you, Macy? Or is that like something that your coaches drill with you? Where does that come from? I think a little bit of both, but I feel like that's something that I've had since the very beginning. You know, like that's something where like the second I see blood, I'm just like, I'm going for it. You know, it's like an extra bit of confidence <laughs> in like I can finish this. I really love just talking to you now that it's been five or so years later since the LFA, because you were super mature then. And now like you're even more mature and you have such a good head on your shoulders. What do you attribute that to? Life, <laughs> family. My family, my parents have taught me so much. I mean, life has taught me so much. Um, just growing up in the sport, I mean, the UFC said it really well. It's like I literally spent all of my adult life in the UFC, you know, from signing with them at 19. Um, and just growing up in such a giant platform is like there's a lot that you learn, you know, with just interacting with people and having to be on such a platform and have such highs and lows in front of thousands and thousands of people. You know, it's, it's um, that's what I attribute to. How's your How is brother? It? Is he still training? Is he, he still fighting? He was, he's not fighting anymore, but he um, he is. I saw him, literally, I saw him yesterday. Uh, we spent the entire fight week together. He films all of my content, um, so he helps a ton. Um, yeah, my whole family was there. It was amazing. Um, yeah, they're good. 
You like when the families are, I, I, I'm, fighters have very different answers. So, some people like to travel and, and get away from everything and just kind of be quiet in the room. And other people love the support of the family and kind of, uh, what, what, is, what works better for you? I do. I love my family to be there. You know, it's, it's a very special time and it's something that, you know, I'm not going to be fighting forever. It's something that, you know, I only have so many fights in, in my, in my life. So um, to have my family there is like everything to me. And that's the one, the single most important thing to have at my fights. But at the same time, like if they aren't there, you know, my sister hasn't been there before. And it's like, I know that they're there because they're in my heart. Um, but to have them there is, is something that I do enjoy. Um, I don't enjoy being there, the weight cut. That's the only part that I'm like, just don't, don't watch me suffer. <laughs> you know, that's the only hard part. What's the worst thing someone can say? Like if you, if you lose a fight, what is something that drives you nuts? If somebody says to you, what's the right way to approach you after a loss? Um, I mean, I guess like the only thing I think of is like, if people ask you if you're okay, you know, it's like, of course I'm not okay, but I will be, you know? But I'm not, I don't really have anything I'm like, don't say to me, you know, because yeah. I, I think in this sport, you have to have really tough skin. So yeah, sometimes people, sure. I just, sometimes I, I always think back to, I was at the Frank Mir, uh, Lesnar fight when, when Brock won the title and we were, we were in, in the, in the little hallway after they walked by and Frank Mir came by. So my friend was there and he didn't know what to say. So he went, great job, Frank. And I'm like, what the fuck? Shut up. Like, you don't say that after a guy just lost the belt, but he didn't know what to say. So I always wonder what right. fighters like, it's sometimes so you're shutting up, I guess is the best. You sometimes say I'm hello. the same way. I'm like, I just don't, I don't know what to say to you. Especially like if I win and someone else loses, I'm just like, hi. Because everyone's me. different too. So you don't know what's going to set somebody off where some people yeah. will be about one thing and someone else will like lose it over another thing. You just never yeah. know. You know, yeah. have you ever had like experiences with fighters? I mean, because you're, you're what we consider a thoroughbred. You grew up with MMA where like we, I'm older. So I grew up like MMA was just in an, its inception. So now MMA is like, you can start training like specifically in MMA for, for your training regimen, what's your favorite thing to do? Is it the striking part? Is it the grappling part? Like, what do you just love overall? I love everything, you know, the training, the grappling, striking. I mean, again, you have to, one, you have to have tough skin, but you also have to be in love with the sport itself. And that's everything, every aspect of it, not just the training, but it's also the media. It's also the pictures. It's also the interviews. It's literally everything. You have to be able to fall in love with the whole thing because that's what's going to make you great is your group boarding right now i see the background scene I'm, changing. <laughs> I'm all right following yeah you're Macy, ha have a safe flight uh congratulations that was a great great co-main and you look tremendous and uh we'll talk to you again and uh I, you know hopefully you get that rematch that you're looking for with grasso but uh have a very safe trip we'll talk to you soon all right thank great you so much you guys bye right, Macy, take care bye The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Yeah, I, I noticed at the end there, it was just like, yeah, that was changing very quickly. You could tell she's getting on the. Uh, yeah, they were like board. group one boarding. And she's like, <laughs> I hope group one. Yeah, this, she, she's uh, after kicking ass like that. You hope she's not waiting, you know, no, flying in the middle like of the plane. Group one group, all the people who have this many points, people in red shirts, people with children. You're like, oh, just let me on. I know it gets to be very, very irritating. Um, what's coming up this Saturday? Is there anything happening this Saturday? Yes. What's yes. happening this Saturday? Uh, hold on. I don't want to say it wrong and assume. Um, send us what the next fight card is. Well, let me just look at my phone so I don't say the wrong thing. Yeah. It's funny because, uh, you know, I was working for the LFA, which is like a big feeder league um, into the UFC. So if you win like an LFA championship, just your phone's going to ring very quickly. Right. So like LFA, CFFC. Those are like really big feeder leagues to go into the UFC. So I met Macy, which was like 19, 20 years old and kind of saw the potential in her. So it's really nice, like here five, six years later to just to talk to her. Right. Um, trying to find this UFC card. And it actually it actually kind of pisses me off. Um, the, the MMA media kind of makes me mad because they'll see cards and it'll be names that they're not familiar with. And they'll be like, Oh, this isn't a good card. And I'm like, shut up. It totally is. It's just names that you don't know yet. It's just not part of the MMA popularity contest. A lot of these people coming from these feeder leagues, they're freaking amazing. They're the ones that turn into these Macy barbers that, that in, you know, and, and become the future. So I just like fans relax. If you use names, you don't recognize, right watch it because they're going to fight really, really hard. Yeah. Um, and pe- yes, so I said, and, so, and there was at one point people didn't know who Kamara, uh, Kamara Usman was, or they didn't yeah. know who Nate Diaz, like all of these were names that people didn't recognize at one point. I hate that. I find it so disrespectful to the fighters on the card for you to just be like, oh, it's a shitty card. No, it's not a shitty card. It's just people you don't know yet. Like the, the LFA, their um, catchphrase is the future is now because those are going to be your future champions. So don't do that when you're looking at cards, just, okay. These are people you don't know yet, which means they're probably going to fight really hard. Um, yeah. The, yeah. So they're fighting for a spot somewhere. They're fighting to get recognized. Yes. Right. And they're like, um, in this last card, Chepe, uh, Mariscal was one of the fighters who took it on short notice. He's an old, he's an LFA guy. That was one of the best fights on the card. It was like a super impressive fight. And it's like, he's going to be a future star. So shut up, everybody. Brendan Allen, also former fighter. He had a great night, you know? So, oh, and by the way, Strickland, uh, Maga Madoff is, is the, uh, the main event. Uh, Ismagulov, Grant Dawson is the co-main and Grant is 19 and one. Um, that's also a great card. There's, there's no shitty. I, I haven't seen. There's a lot of times there'll be names I don't recognize because they're fighters. If they're fighting somewhere out of the country, especially, there's a lot of fighters who are from China or, or, or Brazil or whatever that I haven't heard of. But they're always good fight. Like, there's very rarely have I seen 
fights that weren't good, much less a card that's no good. I can't think of a card that I didn't like. We're at 280 something events now. So not all of them are going to be awesome. There's going right. to be and Dana will admit to that, but I just don't like when people do it because it's names they don't recognize. Right. That irritates me. Just like give these younger coming up fighters a chance before you're like, oh, it's not going to be a good car. You just don't know who they are yet. Like look it up or watch CFFC or watch LFA and like see how these people evolve. Like watching Macy's evolution is amazing to me. But yeah, like, I, yeah, the Brendan Allen, Bruno Silva, that was one of those fights, like just watching Brendan Allen evolve. And he was putting on those RNCs in the LFA and he was always impressive. He's another one that will hurt you. And then, and I was impressed by the exchange. I mean, he got hit, I think with like a huge right hand or an upper, he gets hit with an uppercut by Silva. And then he comes back with like this huge right hand. It's, you know, when I'm teaching class, I always make the joke. You, fighting is the opposite of what your parents told you. They said, don't answer back. Always answer back. If you have yeah. your wits you answer back immediately. And that's how Brendan Allen won that fight. So that was really impressive. It was just, it was overall, you know, I would say 85% of the, that card on Saturday was really good. There was a couple of slower fights, but for the yeah. most part, it was really fun. And, and there's, been, there's been times in life where you expect a fight to be amazing. Uh, you know, uh, Tyron Woodley, Damian might like, you know, you think, and, and it just turns out to be a slower fight. It happens. Yeah. I mean, it's part Tyron, of it. Both guys yeah. are trying to avoid getting beaten up. Yeah, that's for sure. And I mean, it ha that happens too. And there's so much more at stake. So sometimes the ones that are, have the higher stakes can be somewhat of the stinkers too. And I think that's a big part of it also. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and Sean Strickland, uh, he's uh, a 26 and five. And uh, Mega Madoff is 25 and four. This is a great fight. And I love Sean. I just like Sean Strickland. Like, you, you can't not enjoy Sean Strickland. He says whatever the fuck he wants. Uh, he's a pretty brutally honest guy. Yeah. His fights are always good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad for him. He is training with Alex Beheda now, which oh, is really yeah. I, I train with um, Plinio Cruz, who's Beheda's coach. And he's like, guess who's, who I'm going to hang out with later? And I was like, who? He's like, Sean Strickland. I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he really enjoys training with Alex and like learning from Alex and like upping his striking game. So I'd like to see what he's picked up on sure. Saturday, see how he brings it into the fight. You wonder, yeah, the mentality too of losing to somebody and saying, fuck it, this guy has a lot they can, they can show me. So I'm going to go in there and I'm actually going to train with him. Fighters are way more humble than uh, people give them credit for. Yeah. You have to have a certain level of humility to get better. Like I honestly just having that conversation with Jim Miller, who is talking about how evolution happens. Do you think if he didn't evolve or understand the sport that he'd be able to have these like 25, 26 or whatever fight wins in the UFC that he has right. now? Absolutely not, you know? So yeah, you fighters are way more humble than we, we actually admit. And no, I just got a communique, Phoenix, from our producer. He said, did you see the Pajeda? Uh... Oh, okay. Did I see the Pajeda filmed himself being followed around Walmart? No. Was it somebody who thought he was stealing or a, uh, a fan? Walmart staff? Uh, I guess. Get away from me. Former UFC uh, champ Alex Pajeda gets tailed by Walmart staff while he shops. Why? Oh. Unless they were fans oh. or like, this. who is this guy? I'm going to watch it. Maybe Can you pop it up in the room? Oh, my head looks really fat right there. Um, I just realized I was looking. I was like, what a fucking pumpkin-headed idiot. Is there is there a way to pop it up in the room? I've not seen the video. And I, don't I wanna... haven't seen this either. Okay. 
He's just walking. He looks like a, a mean fuck. Like, why would that guy? Yeah, for a man, he has resting bitch face, but he's a sweetheart. But but he just looks like a guy who you shouldn't look for a problem with. No, and what security guard's going to do anything against him? Exactly. Who's hey, security guard? Shaquille O'Neal? Like, who? If, if <laughs> Pajeda went to steal a bike, security's job would be to help him load it into the car. Yeah. There we go. Can, okay. can can we can you put that on there uh, uh jake i'd love to hear it there's a guy following me yeah it's a security guard does alex confront him i don't understand yeah what's he doing he won't leave me alone look i'm gonna turn and i guess the guy is still behind him yep why I, did they ever talk check it out so does <laughs> alex say anything to him or no i don't know i don't know uh, uh jake anything any didn't look like it no do we know if the guy was a fan uh and recognized him it was just being a starstruck idiot yeah i feel like that he'd do that what's that i, I feel like that makes more sense <laughs> yeah then it, because they tell you like first of all he was wearing a tank top where the fuck's he gonna hide something i don't know and who's gonna search him yeah i mean you know <laughs> if he takes it you're not gonna try to stop him and uh he didn't look like he was doing he was just walking up and down the aisle but i bet you it was a guy who uh who was a fan i would love to follow up with alex about that i'm curious yeah i'll, I'll ask Plinio later that's pretty funny that all right well, look, Phoenix, I appreciate you. Uh, well, yeah, I wish we had a few more minutes. We don't have to stop you. I thought it was a little bit later. It's 2.45. We're good. We have a few. I thought we were, I thought it was like 3 o'clock. What else do you want to talk about, Jim? I'm just tired from training. I was uh, rolling around this, uh, after I do radio. I go right over to, uh, to Henzo's. And it, it's I'm just, so uh, happy for you. Me, so is Matt. And, and you know, Matt talking. You know what it was? I put weight back on. I'm like, I'm going to fucking I hate going to the gym. I'm bored. So I yeah. just want to go and do this. And, uh, and so today we were working on, uh, a Kimura's I'm, I'm very bad. I stink. I mean, I fucking suck at it, but it's really, uh, really, really good to, uh, just to do it. I, I love doing it. Everybody sucks at jujitsu for the first year and a half. It's, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Suck. I suck still. Like, I, you know, it's just, that's the way it is. You just learn it. And then you, you, you surprise yourself that, you know, one or two things, you know, and then you're like, oh, okay, I could not die. And that's important. Now you're <laughs> saying uh, Taporia Holloway in Spain would be a great fight, but there's a question mark. So I'm guessing you're not sure if that's going to happen. Now, this is not particularly good information, Jay. Sergio Ramos was in the building in Jacksonville soccer star. Now, do you watch soccer? No, I do watch um, Ted Lasso though. <laughs> that's the most stop. Okay. I'll tell you this. I will watch any sport on 30 for 30. Anything oh. that's on ESPN 30 for yeah. 30. I will, watch. I will watch professional spitball on 30 for 30. 30 for 30 is so good that if it was a person, I would make out with it. It's wow, so that's good. good. That if it was a person, I would rub its feet at the end of the day. Like it, I will watch wow. any sports documentary. I like love them. But everybody was making a big deal about Sergio Ramos because he's like the most super famous soccer player. Yeah. So the fact that he was at the UFC event, people was a like, big deal. Okay, that shows you what I know. I, and, and we're getting the uh, Jake is firing out some face, a huge international soccer star from Spain. So they yeah. think that him being there may help this. And Taporia being uh, 14 or is he 15 and 0 now? I'm not sure. 
He might be 14 now. Um, I mean, as we get into European markets, I mean, who doesn't want to have like a big European Spanish star? We like really haven't had it. We've had tons of Mexican stars. We've had tons of, you know, uh, Brazilians. So this is like pretty British cool. now. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it, if the UFC goes to Spain, that would be awesome. I will say, and people are going to argue with me left and right about this. I don't want him to fight Max Holloway. Why? Well, because it's like Max feels like he's that one level that you have to go through before you get to the big boss. Yeah. You know, and he's also good enough that he could possibly beat these next contenders. And the argument is, well, if you can't meet, beat Max, then you shouldn't beat the champion. But it's like, I agree. But then Alex and Max again, like what, what I, you know, it's almost better to have to have Temporia fight Volkanovsky and then have then have the Max Mitch mix up so so that it's like not seeing the same things over and over again. But whatever, a fight's a fight and who who doesn't want to see Max Holloway fight, but he's tied up with Korean Zombie anyway. Uh yeah, and he can't they cannot do another Volkanovsky fight. I don't think they they can't do a fourth one when Max has lost three. You just can't. There's no way to sell that. Um and unless circumstances are so Unless there's circumstances that I can't even think of right now, I don't see how you sell that fight. No. So, but I, I do get it, Holloway and Toria in Spain. But when does that happen? Because Korean Zombie and and Holloway, those are two guys that like will do take damage. So then, how much longer do you wait? And then Volkanovski, that's that fight's like with Jair is International Fight Week, isn't it? I think so. I believe so. so. That's the July 4th weekend. That's very close. So there's a couple of months of, a, of that happening. So, I mean, I think it's a timing thing more than anything, but I don't, I don't, I, I see that this is like 145 is very fun. Any way you look at it. Yes, it is. I'm, I'm actually looking up that card. Uh, what number is that card, Jake, uh, for fight week? Let's see. I hate that you can hear my pecking away on my fucking keyboard. <laughs> everybody in everybody who does it. Oh, it's two ninety. Everybody who does any type of talk about always wants to look like they just know the facts on the top of their head. But no, they're all typing on their laptop, <laughs> or, or somebody is sending. They all just want to look at you know Reggie Jackson in nineteen seventy eight hit. Yeah, you didn't know that off the top of your head. Somebody fucking told you that. There's sometimes you do though, but for like weird reasons. Weird like, reasons, yes, but not every sport. There's, there's some guys who are, uh, you know, every sport they just you know somebody's sending them information. Yeah, okay, it is. Uh, it's the main event. Volkanovski, Ayer Rodriguez, great fight. Yeah, I mean that's another. It's just interesting matchups either way. Volkanovski is very hard to go against, right? Because we've just seen him in trouble. We've seen his ridiculous fight IQ. We've just seen what he's able to put out. So I don't know. I mean, I like all of them. I like all of these matchups. Yeah, I do too. And uh, he has so many options that it would leave to Puria in limbo. Like if Volk wins and tries to get a rematch at 155 versus, I guess, yeah. But yeah. I mean, uh, Makachev won that fight. So again, it's harder to sell. <sighs> I guess you could sell that, but something tells me a different champion and him moving up might be better. Um, I, I don't know. Would they have him go back up and fight? It's like, you know, uh, Blahovich beat uh, um, uh, Izzy, and Izzy didn't go back up and fight him again. Not, that, I mean, they're different people, but, you know, I just don't see that being 
uh, a move they would they it doesn't would make. feel like as big of a draw as Taporia would be like in in retrospect, especially seeing those two performances. Yeah, I feel like that there is more of a draw there, but you know we'll we'll see. I get it for Alex's legacy to try to get run that back. I mean, that's a feeling again you have as a fighter when you're competitive, like the way Macy Barber feels about the Alexa Grasso fight. Yep. I think it's a bit premature, especially if if Grasso does um, become you know retain the title. Uh, I do think it's a little, I feel like she needs one or two more before she fights Grasso. If it's a title fight, sure. um, you know, but you, but that does eat at you. If someone beats you, you, you want to figure, you want to figure out the puzzle, you know? So I get that. That's why like, that's still sitting on Volk's mind. Plus I think double champions um, are going to be a thing of one champion goes and fights right for the belt and probably doesn't defend both. It's almost like the, all, all the, the divisions are all so competitive and there's so many top contenders that holding up any division while a guy goes through a camp, possibly gets injured, fights in another, it just doesn't seem as feasible as it did at one point where it was excited. Like the only reason uh, 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 Nunes could pull it off, I guess, is because uh, in, in the featherweight division, there wasn't really much happening. There was nobody there. So I don't see that being something that is sustainable for more than one fight, maybe two in an alternate division. Yeah, and I don't mind the, I don't mind those other the, the alternate belts, right? Like the interim titles. I don't mind them because then you unify it if you if you win it, you know, and you're fighting for something that like secures you a spot. We're always right. like the rankings, the rankings, and then we don't follow the rankings, but then we do follow the rankings, but then we don't follow the rankings. So interim, inter, you know, those interim titles at least like let you know, like I'm here, I'm next. You know what I mean? While somebody's away or not away, so I don't, I don't mind them at all. What do you? I don't either, actually. Uh, well, what do you think about uh, Aljamain against uh, um, Sean uh, O'Malley in uh, August? That fight. I love to. I think Aljo has such a good fight IQ. You know, and yeah. I'm a little biased because I know him a long time now. I know him yeah. as long as Matt, so like what 10, 15 years or whatever. But I listen to him talk about fights and it makes me excited to see him fight because I'm like, right. man, got good eyes, you know. Um, it's challenging somebody long and rangy like that, it's annoying. Like, you know, when you're fighting somebody who feels like a spider and you feel like a fly when they, <laughs> when they're yeah. like super long like that. Um, but I, I see, I see Aljo, I see Aljo's fight IQ winning the fight for him. I see him figuring it out. You hate that that O'Malley, the O'Malley, uh, Cheeto Vera fight ended the way it did too. Cause that would have told you so much, um, about, about O'Malley dealing with a guy like that. But you know, it just, it, it ended in such a frustrating, frustrating way. Um, all right, well, look. Cheeto Cejudo next. Um, I have not heard that, but you might be right. I feel like that's happening. And again, okay. like I haven't, I haven't been working in the sport as much, so I'm a little rusty. Sorry, everybody. No, don't be. I, I don't know it either. It. Um, yeah, I'm so, I'm, I apologize for the rustiness, but I think that's happening. And if that's happening, that's booked. Oh, okay. Jake says book for UFC 292. Okay. So I'm okay. not totally off. Nope. Awesome. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good one. Awesome. Yeah, that's a great one. And I'm reading O'Malley thinks that Cejudo will beat uh marlon vera but again you never know how o'malley feels about uh cheeto because of that fight uh, he seems to have a, a thing about that fight and he thinks yeah. he won it and i think the elbows or he should have lost it uh, cheeto's elbows and knees are very terrifying and that might be a factor but we'll see we'll see i mean i love I, I, I listen i like watching suhudo fight I, yeah, me too. fight iq that you're just like wow you know but um 
you know, anyway, listen, we love this damn sport. It's consumed so much of my life and dri driven me so crazy. Uh, but I, I, you know, I'm looking forward to everything that's happened, especially the summer. Question before we go, because I, I forgot to ask uh, Macy, I want to ask you. Uh, as a fighter, uh, uh, Bust is doing this thing where she's taking arms. She puts her arms up in the air a lot and out, which I thought was, and she seemed to do it when she was a little out of range. But what is the purpose of that? What is the thinking of that? Is it just a stretch for your arms or what is it? It could be a couple of things. First of all, the, the weight, the difference, maybe Hebas goes down in weight because maybe Macy like hurts, like even, even keeping your hands up and taking shots on the shoulders. So sometimes like it's a little, sometimes it's a little bit of a shakeout, especially like if you're getting hit your upper neck tension. So your traps connect to your shoulders. So right, keeping yeah. up. So sometimes like, it's just like a, to, to, oh, my neck just cracked. I don't know if you heard that, but yeah. it's like to some, some of the tension. Sometimes it's like understanding your own range. Like you've seen like fighters do that. So I assumed it was like to release tension from like holding it up. Sure. And, uh, th that's what, that's what I thought. I mean, I was, a t I really like Amanda Hebas, but it, it, that was, there was a really, she's had a lot of these really challenging fights. Yeah. And you noticed that too. I'm glad you know, I, I just, uh, there has to be a reason for, it. she's not doing it like a schoolyard thing. You could, it was doing something for her. I just no, didn't know why could be, there's tension. Like, you know, I have a sports science background, so I do personal training and group fitness. I do a lot of post rehabilitation specialties. So your traps and your shoulders create a huge difference and your mid back is the shock absorbers of your punches. So like holding your shoulders up or whatever, and your mid back. So if you're, you're taking a lot of damage, you're keeping your arms up, your head's bobbing around. This is all muscle tension. So sometimes that's like to release that muscle muscle tension. I, that's what I'm assuming. I could be totally wrong here. When I'm, when I'm just training, like, cause I, I do Muay Thai too a little bit and with just tr keeping your hands up, hitting pads, I right. get fucking, I, I literally do this. I'm like, how the fuck does anybody fight for a living? <laughs> like I, I, I'm even more in awe of it now than I was before, because, like just having somebody on top of you who's literally just rolling with you and you're not, not really trying to hurt you uh, or just doing stand up and hitting pads. I'm like, how does anybody do this and not just collapse with exhaustion? It's crazy to me. That's why it's, I would say the only people who are more fit than fighters are Navy SEALs. That's it. I don't even think they're more fit than fighters, to be honest with you, because they do fight. They do that. Uh, I mean, look, they're dangerous and, and fit. <laughs> but, and they go through that crazy fucking hell week in camp and they run a lot. But fighters are kind of doing that. Everything. Like every few months. Um, again, a, a Navy SEALs are all in great shape. But I think that once your initial training is over, do you stay in the exact same level? I don't know. Maybe you do. I'm not sure. Well, no. I, I might say it jokingly, but it's oh, just, I'm so it's, stupid. It's, no, no, no. I, I no, you're probably, I'm probably, maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But, um, and I've worked with a few Navy SEALs, but yeah. I think the biggest thing is that you learn so much about yourself through the act of training, right? You, you learn so much about yourself and then you learn so much about your own level of fitness and fatigue and like what you need to do. And, you know, I mean, listen, I'm older than 35 now. Right. And, you know, as you get up there, keeping muscle mass on is really hard. Hitting the gym is really hard. Your rest, your recovery, your nutrition becomes like, you don't recover. For, I don't recover from a big Mac. Like, like, right. you know, <laughs> like yeah. there's like just stuff that just gets to you. But when you put yourself through the paces and you work really hard, even if it's like, at a competitive level or not, 
you got to leave Henzo's feeling proud of yourself, Jim, to some extent, right? It's, it's literally because I would get so exhausted just going to the regular gym and bored. I fucking hate it. And I, I've never sweated like the way I do with these. And there's, it's, it's a different type of workout. You're not targeting individual muscles, but you're using everything because there's a guy on top of me and, uh, you know, we're, I'm, I'm pushing him off and going into a choke and then they go, all right, he's going to reverse you. And now you do like, you're just constantly moving and pushing a guy off you and pulling a guy onto you and wrapping you. So yeah, you, so you don't even realize you are working out until you realize, oh, I have, I can't fucking breathe. Yeah. Like I, I, I stood up today and I'm like, I think I'm overheating. Like I didn't eat good food. Stupid Sirius XM has this thing now where they started this little market where you can buy snack size stuff, which really annoyed me. So I went and I, and bought a bunch of it and ate it. And I'm like, what am I eating this shit before I train for? Anyway, I'm talking very quickly because I had a lot of caffeine. Anyway, I, I, I appreciate uh, you coming on Phoenix. You're just, you know, you're our favorite. So thank you so much. Oh, uh, you guys are the best. You got at UFC Unfiltered. Thank you so much for the t-shirt, the coffee mug, the book, the pen. Like, I really appreciate all the merch and the swag you guys gave me. And uh, and thanks to the fans. Every time yep. I come on, I get hit up like right after where you guys were like, oh, you're great. We love you. So thank you guys. I really, I really appreciate it. It's, it's always nice to hear from everybody. Yes. And uh, thanks to Macy Barber and of course, uh, the great Jim Miller. And Matt Sarah will be back on Wednesday. I think he's in Austin right now. Hanging yeah, he's out with- on Rogan with Dean. Oh, they're going on together? Oh, awesome. All right. uh, I will talk to you soon, Phoenix. And uh, thank you to everybody for tuning in. Bye. Talk to you soon. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.